Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Berman Hour podcast. This week's episode features me interviewing my boss at Hello Productions, the one and only Paris Vizzoni. So it's only fitting that the sponsor for this week's episode of the Berman Hour podcast is Hello Productions, formerly known as Hello TV. Hello Productions is the ultimate all-inclusive live streaming concert production service. What that means is you can show up with just your instruments and your songs and Hello Productions will take care of the audio, the video, the editing of the audio video, some of the promotion. They will help you partner with a ticketing service if that's what you want to do. They will also partner with a company that will distribute your live stream in whatever manner you want to out into the world, into the ether. HelloProductions.com, HelloTV.com, H-E-L-L-O-O-O-T-V.com, and enjoy the podcast. Yeesh. Hello and welcome to the Berman Hour podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berman. Thanks for tuning in. Please, please, please. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Berman Hour podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It is so incredibly helpful. So please take a moment today to do that for me as a personal favor, would you? Thank you. My guest this week is my boss at Hello Productions, Paris Vizzoni. I keep saying boss, but truth be told, she's one of my closest friends. And it was really fun to have her in the hot seat of the Berman Hour podcast. We also are kind of doing this as a simulcast of sorts. This is going to be available on a video cast as well through the Hello Hangs moniker under the umbrella of Hello Productions. So this will be on YouTube soon as well. And it was really kind of interesting to get Paris's take on the origins of Hello Productions, how she thought we did in 2020 versus what we're trying to do in 2021. And she really spells it out. Clearly and plainly, whether you like it or not, live streaming concert events are not going anywhere. In fact, it's growing. And even though regular touring, quote unquote, normal touring is beginning to return and will be returning more and more as we get deeper into 2021, live streaming concerts and live streaming events are only going to be part of that touring package moving forward. And on behalf of somebody who works for Hello Productions, myself, I'm happy to be a part of that growth because it's tremendously exciting and we hear about that and so much more, including some office fun stuff in this podcast interview. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say Divided Heaven is a new single out, The Filthy 15. It is a rocker. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen to it wherever you stream music, wherever you get digital music. This is a digital-only release. There might be some news about a new record on the horizon. Maybe. Yeesh. Yeesh. All right. Enjoy my conversation with the boss, Paris Vizzoni, co-creator of Hello Productions. Let's get it. She hates when I say that, so I'm going to do it really long. Let's get it. Let's get it. Paris Vizzoni, how are you? Jeff Berman. So, this... This is quite a monumental interview, not just because it's the second time through, but because (laughs) I'm interviewing the boss. How often does that happen where somebody interviews their own boss on a platform that was 
created by the boss? Um, it's very, what do they say? Meta. Yeah, it is very meta. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to get into photography. We're going to get into Hello TV and Hello Productions. But first and foremost, we got to talk about the most pressing issue of the 21st century so far. And that is The Office moving from Netflix to Peacock TV. What are your thoughts so far? I love it. I'll tell you why. Really? Yes. This is the thing. They have the extended episodes, and they're amazing. Season one just came out, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, but it came out today. Because it's Pretzel Day. I don't know if you knew that either. Oh, I did not know that it's Pretzel Day. It is Pretzel Day. Um, So season one extended versions are out. And they also have Threat Level Midnight, a longer version of Threat Level Midnight, which I've I have seen not that. seen yet. Oh, you've seen it. Was I've it good? Seen that. It was good. Yes. Okay. Well, I need to catch up. I've, I'm very embarrassed. But um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I bought it first at $4.99 and I was watching it and I go, this is great. And then all of a sudden a commercial comes on. <laughs> no. Ain't having no, that. No, no, no. Ain't having that. No. So now I spend the 10 bucks, but it's worth it because and that's I watch it all day on night. Anyway, right? Yeah, well, I still keep, I kept Netflix though, too. That's true. I steal it from my grandmother. But yeah, I still have Netflix, but I also pay for Peacock. It's actually the first subscription that I am actually paying for. Everything else I steal from other people. Fair enough. But worth it. Yeah. Have you found that the episodes take a little bit of a, darker hue a darker tinge with all of these extra scenes it's messed up it's It's like it's like less funny it's a whole nother show it's dark yeah it's dirty but i like it it's weird because i guess we forgive it though because we're so in love with the show that we're just like all right we'll just oh no i love it. it i love when it gets dark you can ask John Marulo, a protagonist. I love the dark songs on records, and I make him write them just for me. But this is the thing. I like the dark shows, too. So, yeah, I love it. And the thing is, I know you have watched them a million times as well. They'll put just one sentence longer in a yeah. scene, and I'll be like, that's new. And it's just like, it's so crazy. It's like, why would you cut that? It's so good. <laughs> And yeah. also, I I give them props for what they cut not affecting the full story as well. Like sometimes reactions to things and the way that they edit is amazing. It's really cool. But I it's it's almost double the length if you think about. It. So there's some episodes that are 35 minutes long and the original ones 20. Yeah. It's it's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's quite trippy when you're watching an episode and you know it so well and you know almost like iambic pentameter, like how it's going to go with the sequence of the scenes and the dialogue and then something else is in there because it wasn't spliced <laughs> out. It's And it throws you off. It, it's, it's quite trippy, right? It has me watching other seasons and thinking, wait, is that new? Because like now I'm extra paying attention, but yeah. it's not. But yeah, I'm going to watch season one. I'm going to do it tonight. All right. Stanley or Creed? I don't like either of them. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Creed's overrated and Stanley's a grump. 
Everyone says it. Stanley is a grump. Meredith or Kelly? This is on tour with Newfound Glory. We named everyone on the tour as an office character. And it was pretty great. Uh, Chad's Michael Scott. Jordan was Kevin. Um, Ian was Stanley. And Cyrus was Jim. And um, <laughs> they called me Meredith, which I kind of agree with, honestly. And but I love Kelly. I do. I love Kelly. Everything. Every line that Kelly says is hilarious. So I'd still have to fit Kelly, even though I am the Meredith of the Newfound Glory crew. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know this is impossible to do practically, but if you had to pick a quote or two that are your favorite quotes all time from the show, what, what would they be? It's hard because Michael has the quotes, you know, the quotable yeah. quotes. And then Dwight has the situations. And you know what? The Dwight quotes get overused and they're not even funny. And even Jim, I don't like Jim. Let's let's get that out there first. I don't like Jim. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica, not funny. Dude, that's not funny. And it's on every t-shirt. Just, I don't think it's funny. He's he's a bully and he's mean. Yeah. Um, Back to the quote, Michael Scott, would you rather be feared or loved? Finish that quote. I'm, I'm not going to get it right, but it's, I want them to fear, I want them to be afraid of how much they love me or something like that, right? That's it. That's yeah. it. Dude, it's the best quote ever, possibly in the world, not even just in the office. It's so positive and just so uplifting and... It squashes any negativity. It's just perfect. It's a perfect quote. And very true to form for that character, too. Yeah, he's great. One of the best moments is when Michael was gone and Jim was watching The Office and he suggested everyone's birthdays be on the same day and they all formed a mutiny against him. And he and Michael comes back and Jim was like, I don't know how you do it. And he's like... He that was like the most real moment because Michael was like being real with him, yeah. saying that's what she said. I just who who's she? I don't know. I just say it. <laughs> like it's just it's so good. And those real Michael moments are like the best. So that quote is like a real Michael moment, and I love that. Yeah, it's either like you get imbecile Michael or you get diplomatic Michael. And it seems yeah. like you you're on the key, you know, on the turn for the, the diplomatic Michael, whereas I I go for the the low-hanging fruit, the <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. You know, that that's what I gravitate towards. Which is your nickname, Lil Stitious. Lil Stitious, that's right. You know, in that episode where he goes into the woods and, and tries to survive, the Survivor Man episode, that was the first episode I ever saw, but I didn't I didn't even see it. I, I heard it. I was I was on my way from Asbury Park, New Jersey. I just played a show, and I was going to stay at your house in Boston, Massachusetts, because the next day we were going to a festival in New Hampshire. And you know when you drive, like, really late into the night, and then you get to your destination, and you try to fall asleep, but the adrenaline's going so much, and you yeah. can't sleep? And it was, like, 3 in the morning, but I, I heard your laptop in the other room playing that episode. And I was trying to visualize what I was seeing. So when I got home from that tour, I had to watch that episode. And that's that's <laughs> what made me fall in, in love with the show. All right, well, well, let's let's move on. I would like to talk about your career as a concert photographer because it's got to be going on 10 years at this point, if not more, right? 
Yeah, I started in 2010. Wow. What Professionally, your- like on tour. My first tour was in 2010. Right. I started photographing protagonists in local shows at like when I was in high school. Yeah. So, yeah. But what was that first major tour in 2010? That was with Blondie. It was Blondie, a bunch of shows with B-52s, and a bunch of shows with Cheap Trick. So it was sick. It was sick. I love Cheap Trick. That's awesome. Yeah. So much of your photography work, and if people aren't familiar with it, it's very much, I I would kind of categorize it as candid, intimate, but it's in like a docu-style. And you're very good at capturing the moments that aren't planned, that aren't scripted, that aren't you know, posed and, and you don't seem to get people as they're posturing. You seem to get people kind of in those in between moments, you know, you're not landing on the one, it's the one and, and you get that. And it seemed to translate pretty seamlessly from the photos that you were taking of your family all those years, in part because you have like a million cousins. So you have this like cast of characters, right. To the artists that you were photographing. But the main difference is that your family members are your family members and they're comfortable around you anyway versus these famous musicians. Was that a difficult bridge to gap for you in terms of having that level of comfort amongst the people that you're touring with that you can get them at that intimate level through your camera lens? It was definitely a shock. Like the thing about touring and what you know is when you're touring with someone, you are very much in their space and you're very much in this family it is family whether it's just the band or the band and the crew there's sort of like different sections of the family but then they all come together to make this thing every night and it's awesome so it the family thing kind of translated honestly um especially when you're thrown in such a small area with all these people um (laughs) so there was that as as far as getting to know them and and feeling comfortable around them, I've sort of made it a thing where I can sort of morph into any sort of situation and make it neutral. There's some people that are like themselves, no matter where they go, they don't change it. I have, as, as I've gotten older, I can tell people's vibes a lot better and I can tell (laughs) how I need to act around certain people to make them feel comfortable. And I think that is one of my main strengths as a photographer and a documentary photographer is that you need to adapt to the situation that you're in to become sort of, and it's a cliche term, fly on the wall to where people don't mind having you around and people don't mind opening up to you because they feel comfortable around you because you are like them. So Mm -hmm. that is one of the the main things where young photographers are asking me like, how do you get on tour? And that's huge. You know, if you're super outspoken and Yeah. yeah, vibe, vibe is huge. If you're, if you don't match with the people that you're touring with, they're not going to want you there. It's as simple as that. I mean, there are people on the crew that do a job that need to get done. Photography and video is something that isn't 
100% necessary. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's secondary is comparatively, it, you know, comparatively, it doesn't, it's not a showstopper if I'm not at the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the guitar tech can't tune the guitar, it's kind of a showstopper. So yeah, you have to give yourself worth by being a cool hang and also a hard worker and getting things that they like and stuff that you yourself are comfortable getting. And it's this whole big mess of family and vibe and art. And it's really cool. All right. It's very well exemplified on your website. It's also very well exemplified in a book that you put out a few years ago where you have these candid, you know, very intimate moments with people in your family juxtaposed with Debbie Harry or Limp Bizkit. Can you talk about what it was like to put that book together, the process, the difficulty of narrowing down the photos that you wanted to have in the book, et cetera? So I was actually very lucky and I had an editor, which is awesome. David Carroll, it, it was, uh, it's great working with David because he's very New York. He's, he'll tell you if something's good and I'll tell you why and I'll tell you something's bad. And he'll tell you why. <laughs> he told me to hand over 600 photos to start with. I gave him a thousand. He was like, all right, I can work with it. <laughs> because you have to think about it. It's been 10, 15 years of photos. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to narrow it down, especially because I have family members that I want to include. And then I have, you know, tours that I want to include that are, that are, near and dear to my heart, but maybe the pictures aren't so great. So I'm just giving him everything. And I'm like, this isn't great, but I really liked it this day. I wonder if he'd like it anyway. So yeah. I just threw a bunch in there. So yeah, he, um, he helped me edit them down and there's about 70 photos in the book. And I think it's a very well-balanced sort of thing, but it was, it was crazy editing them down and seeing what he saw in the photos as opposed to what I saw. Yeah. Was, I don't remember. Was there a big difference between what he saw and what you were trying to capture? There was, there was the cover photo. Actually, actually my mom um, was one that like, I kind of liked, but when actually it was Ashley Stoll, who's one of the owners of peanut press, she picked that photo for the cover. And I was like, this isn't a photo that I, this is a photo I wouldn't even have thought would have made it. I just kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, this is why it's so great. Like this, this, this. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And that's the coolest part about photography to me is how other people see your vision in a different way. And that's okay. You know, Fair interpretations enough. of art is, is very interesting to me because the creator is creating it for this purpose and how they feel that time. And then how the other person, I mean, you must feel it with their songs. Like people have, people must've come up to you and been like, this song is really great to me. And it might've been a song that you wrote like this, but it like meant a lot to someone else. And I just, I love that sort of interaction with the consumer and the artist. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And I think that's actually a really good segue into Hello TV in part because people that have seen the shows that Hello has produced, they've been shot by you, and, and it has that element of intimacy. It has that element of being professional, right? It's very profet. We're a very profesh organization, obviously. Yes. But 
you kind of get this like beautiful sense of realism. It's a reality based performance, whereas it's not. You know, it, we we've had some th- theatric shows, mind you, but you get a sense of what the artist is really like on stage. Is was that like a, a very automatic transition for you to go from shooting and filming concerts in front of thousands of people to just doing it in, in a warehouse for the purpose of, of trying to capture it for people, you know, in, in the comfort of their home? Or, or was it more of a, uh, you know, kind of su- a substantial jump away from what you normally do? It's my ideal situation. Like, really? I, yeah, um, when I'm on stage with a band, it's, I feel that energy, you know what I mean? I feel the like nervous kind of excitement and I get a vibe off the crowd. I get a vibe off the band and they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing and everyone's just having a great time and it's awesome. But with hello, I can make all of that. Plus I can make it look exactly how I want. Like sometimes when you're shooting a show, there's like a dark area or there's a part of a show that just doesn't photograph well. Like I am like telling everyone, they ask me, they're like, Does it, should I stand here? And I go, oh my God, this is amazing. No, stand over there. This is way better over here. And it's just, it's great because I can control every little thing and make it as ideal of a situation for me. And then when the artist gets on the stage, they, they do their thing and I adapt to that. So it's setting the stage that's perfect for me, but then they're doing their thing and then I'm doing my thing, recording them. And then we have all of our shooters doing their thing and their vision is coming out. So it's like a huge collaboration of just like art being created and it's all without, there, there are moments on tour where I'm worried about getting in the way mm-hmm. of people and I'm worried about being on the stage and being visible. And we don't have to worry about that at all. And it, it definitely took our videographers a second to get used to that because we're used to being ninjas because we're, we're trying to like not be in the way because it's right. it's distracting, you know, yeah. when when someone's watching a show and you don't want to ruin the show for the audience. But there are some times where I'm like, I am directing the videographers and I go, dude, this show is for you. <laughs> I go, do not be afraid. Get in that person's face. Like you are the audience. Yeah. So was, was there an inherent challenge in that? Whereas when you're on stage and you're with a band as they're performing to people, you're trying to capture the moment with the people. Whereas mm-hmm. with this live stream videography, you want the artist to kind of play to the, the camera because that's yeah. the selling point. And what, that's what we tell them. We go, yeah, this is like, this is the audience. This camera is the audience. So yeah interact with it like I know it's kind of weird but I'm here like pretend that I'm the audience you know yeah and I think those are the best shows the best shows are where and we get in there you know like I'll follow the artists onto the stage if they're going onto the drum set like I'm on the stage and it doesn't matter because I'm not in the middle of the show I'm am the show you know (laughs) so yeah, it's sweet. It's really a little cool. a little bit of background about Hello TV. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but something that I've been asking a lot of people as I've been interviewing them throughout the year 
and it's become more present, especially since, you know, we just got through March, which means we've been in this pandemic for over a year now. I, and I kind of want to focus on a year that was lost and a year in, that was gained. So if you don't mind, if it's not too personal, going into things that, you know, we all lost a lot, right, in, in the last year. But I'm also curious in things that you might have gained, even if it's something as simple as perspective or a, or a new outlook or a new skill set. I'm kind of curious what you have. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as horrible as the pandemic was, like I, I loved what it did for me, like mentally. It allowed me to just chill for a second and take a break and figure out like what I actually want to do. And when Eric came to me with this idea of doing the live streams, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because like, I'm not super into video. Like I love photography. Like that's mm -hmm. like my number one passion. And I was like, I don't know. And then we started talking about it more and we were like, all right, let's, let's do it because we can, and it'll still be like cool and a learning experience and we can add it to our resume and whatever. And I was like, okay. And then when we started doing it, it was awesome because I've never really directed a bunch of people before. Like when you call me boss, like it's blowing my mind because <laughs> it's like, I'm always. That makes two of us. That makes two yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's true. Like people come up to me and ask me questions and I have answers. <laughs> it's just so weird to me. But, uh, and I know exactly what I want and how I want it. And when you have people that are receptive to what you're telling them and actually do it right. And it's makes everyone feel good. It's just like, it's really cool. So I am very thankful for that, that I got to do this because I never would have in, if this didn't happen, I would have just been, you know, working for the Patriots, whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely cool. I definitely like being in charge. It's just my Italianness. Yeah. So you think that your steps into the muck of, of Hello Productions, and, and I mean that in a positive way, where like, you know, you're really getting into the down and dirty of you know, launching a business and, and insurance and like all this other shit. That yeah, there is a bunch of here. stuff that I did not know about, nor did I want to know about that yeah. I do know about now. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the benefits of that outweigh the work that you subsequently lost because- of the global pandemic. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I'm not glad that the pandemic happened, but I'm glad that I turned it into not playing call of duty all day, every day, you know, right. <laughs> even though I still play it every night, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> the daytime is reserved for working. I don't play it when the sun is out. I wait till the sun yeah, is down. That's the rule. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like a piece of shit if I play it when the sun's out. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, mm -hmm. It's been very well documented because you and Eric and, and we've kind of made sure that we've all done this pretty well where we have documented and discussed the origin story of how Hello came to be in terms of us as audience members being unentertained and unimpressed and, and sometimes embarrassed by the shitty quality of people you know playing in their underpants with an acoustic guitar on their couch when before we saw them in front of 50,000 people, right? And mm -hmm. 
that's been documented. We don't really need to go into that too much, but I'm more kind of curious about what you thought the initial outlook of Hello TV was going to look like in 2020 and if that met your expectations. Yeah, I mean, we started just filming whoever we could get in the room. Like, that was the thing. It was like, who can we get? Who is going to take advantage of this right now? And we filmed 25 shows, and it was awesome. And we learned more every show that we did, which was great. Um, That was a busy summer. You know, when I look back on that, sorry to interrupt, when I look back on last summer, and I, I kind of tend to think of things annually anyway. So as we're gearing up to be back into the summertime again, I think back to what July and August looked like for us. We were so busy every damn week that we had yeah. a show, which we had a show, I think, every week through the summer with maybe the exception of two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was... And the- sometimes there were weeks where we were filming two, and you know what I mean? Like... It was yeah. a lot, dude, it was a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of stuff. And it was a lot, like, you have to think about all the stuff that goes into a show, like the advancing and every little thing has to work perfectly. And there's, we have a crew of 11 people. Like, it's it's no joke. <laughs> it's serious. Yeah, and even for people remotely, for me, it, it doesn't compare to what the team was going through in Nashville. But, I mean, you guys, man, it was... It was crazy. It, it really felt like once once Thanksgiving came, uh, that was the first time where I thought, I, I think they're having a little bit of a respite. I, I think they're actually going to have a nice holiday away from <laughs> in the way that like normal people do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it felt like that stretch from late June until Thanksgiving was just this wild ride where we were like every week and sometimes twice a week we had things happening and on different platforms with different ticketing sites. And that all kind of helped develop Hello Productions into what it is now in 2021. So can you speak a little bit to the difference between what it was in 2020 and what Hello Productions is today? Moving. So today we are fully for profit. (laughs) We are, we're making money and it's okay. Um, yeah, we're filming shows for bands and bands are selling tickets to their live streams and selling merch bundles. And, you know, they're making up some of the money that they lost not touring last year, which is awesome because if these bands can't sustain being in a band, they're going to get normal jobs and then your music's going to go away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's filling in that gap, but it's also showing that live streams aren't going away at all. They're not, touring's coming back and people are still gonna be doing live streams as part of their tour and putting them up for people who don't get to see the actual show, which is awesome. So it keeps all of your fans still engaged. And it also allows you to do stuff that maybe you wouldn't do a full tour on, but you can do a live stream for. What do you mean? And like, for instance, Bayside did their Killing Time record. Right. And that wasn't their biggest record at all, but it did really well on a live stream. And it's something that they wouldn't have done a whole tour on. So it's stuff like that, like little niche sort of things where super fans are super excited. And it's something that they never would have seen yeah. performed fully 
live, but it was now a new final variant. It was some cool new merch yeah. that was all specific around the kill, kill, kill record. And, uh, yeah, or no killing time. Sorry. Kill, kill, kill was a song, but around the killing time record that, yeah, it was really quite phenomenal. I think back to something that I learned. And I think the first time I experienced it was when we did the Smith and Myers record release show, which was free. And to think back that we did that as a free show that still kind of boggles my mind, but that's what their team wanted to do. And it was wildly successful, but my takeaway from it that I then carried to other live streams that, you know, I, I had to moderate as hello, or, or even that I, you know, bought a ticket for out, outside of what we did at hello. And that is that it's all kind of understood that very few people are, are actually producing these concerts live in the moment to then go out into the ether at that moment. It's well understood and appreciated that it's not live. There's a little bit of TLC put into the editing of the, the audio and the video to make it more presentable. And then it's broadcast at a later date. And one of those big benefits is that the artists themselves can join the chat rooms and kind of talk shop and in some cases talk shit with the people in the audience. And I got to do that with Bad Religion. I got to do that with the Bouncing Souls on one of them. I got to do that with Less Than Jake. Got to do that with Smith and Myers. Got to do that with a number of the shows that we did. And that was something that I hadn't anticipated ever really being able to do. It was, we, we mentioned it earlier in this broadcast, very meta thing. Is that something that you had kind of experienced in terms of the positive reaction in terms of interacting with the artists while the shows are happening? It's cool. I mean, Zach Myers went live during the show. So he's live and he's also answering questions in the chat and watching the show. And I just think that's so cool. It's like, it's a meet and greet without being a meet and greet, but you're also experiencing the show with the band member, but you're all, but it's more on the same level. It's, it's super. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else can we expect from Hello TV moving forward in 2021? Oh, we're just filming more shows. So if you're in Nashville, you want to film a live show, we got you covered. We're turnkey. You don't need to bring anything. Just your, your beautiful face. Oh, you need to bring your instruments. Um, <laughs> other than that, we have everything taken care of. So, yeah, we're just going to film more shows, keep it going and uh, keep keep the fans happy. If you had to give me an elevator pitch, which sounds so cliche and so stupid, but I, I want to go there because I'm really curious what you have to say. And I'm an artist, I am a band member, or I'm a manager that has a roster of bands that are kind of on the fence about doing this in light of touring and festivals coming back later in the fall. We know that that's going to happen. It's already starting to happen some places around the country. How safe that's going to be, we don't know, and that's a conversation for another time, but I'm in an elevator with you. Hit me with it. Listen, Jeff, did you just fart? And then <laughs> there you go. You break the ice. You'd be like, no, I didn't. I'm like, oh, it's so funny. I'm just kidding. And then you go, do you like money? And they'll be like, yeah. You yeah. musician? Totally. You want your fans to see your music? Yes. Let's do it. That's all you need. It really isn't that much effort. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing all the work. Let's be real. <laughs> I know. You're playing your show. You're doing your thing. I was reminding I somebody that in an email today. I was like, look, I'm not even doing the work. It's my team in Nashville that's going to do all the work. And they're <laughs> way more organized and have their shit together way more than I do. Yeah. 
No, that's the thing. It's like you literally have to show up and we take care of everything. And then we partner with a streaming company who takes care of all of that too. So it's, it's not even a, it's not a hard sell, honestly. Two artists, your dream artist that you would want to produce a live stream concert event for, who would it be? Two? Two. Because I, I feel like asking you to narrow it down to one is too difficult and too mean. So I'll give you two. Okay. Two artists that I really want to film. Hanson. I knew that was going to be one of them. Let's get at it. Pixies. Ooh. Done. Good answers. Good answers. Thank you. Thank you. Good answers. All right. Well, this monumental interview of the lowly yeah. peasant, the feudal serf, whatever you want to call me, <laughs> Jeff Berman, <laughs> interviewing the boss, Paris Vizzoni. Yeah. One of the co-creators of Hello TV, now known as Hello Productions. Also, the lead photographer and videographer for all of the productions that Hello does. It was great talking with you and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Berman. And you know what? We couldn't do this without you. You make it so much easier to deal with all of the stuff that we deal with. And I love having really long conversations with you because they can't be shorter. (laughs) There's no way they can. We have too much to say. You know, we really do appreciate you and you're really good at talking. I'm trying to be more brief the older I get because I'm starting to recognize that I will eventually run out of time. I I don't need to actually say everything that I need to say, but I think that's one of the qualities I get from my father who can tell, you know, a five minute story in a half an hour. So (laughs) I'm just trying to wean off of that, you know, as I get closer to my forties, but I'm doing it. It's great for, it's great for podcasts. I'll tell you that you really found your niche. (laughs) Yeesh. Niche. Yeesh. All right, Paris, we'll see you. Yeppers, Paris Vizzoni. You can follow her at Paris Vizzoni on Instagram to see all of her great work at Hello Productions and as a concert photographer for about 12 years at this point. Thanks to her. Thanks to everybody at Hello Productions, the whole family, the whole crew. And thanks to you for listening to the Berman Hour podcast. Yeah, even you. All right. I'll see you all next week. Thank you all so much. Peace.